This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined once again by my guy, Andrew Webster. We got a spooky, scary edition of the Ball on Blast Blast podcast tonight. It's Halloween night, Sheldon. Halloween's just always a good time. People are happy. I love going out for parties on Halloween. Halloween weekend's always a good time. I I like fun things. Absolutely. I like fun things. Absolutely. And speaking of fun things... It's been a fun week in the NBA. Oh boy! Fun opening week. Are we in week two? Would we I, say? Yeah. I think we're. I yeah, so. we're just hitting week two right now. I think it started like two weeks ago, almost to the day. And the NBA. Once I think I, I, I feel like I know how much I miss the NBA. I'm just wrong. Yeah. Because I miss it so much. From NBA Twitter, and if you think about it, it's a World Series Game Seven last night, right? Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. We're taping this Thursday night. So. World Series is on, Game 7, storylines everywhere, like there's so much going on, and yet the NBA still finds a way to dominate the talk in social media. You have brawls going on, you have games going into the 150s in regulation, you have star players going down, like, it's just insane. This league is honestly crazy. Night in, night out, are you not entertained, Mr. Andrew Webster? It's a it's a headline machine, and honestly, we we do that. It seems like every episode we talk about this. Any given night, there are three huge storylines in the NBA. Now tonight, a little light. I think there's only like three games out there right now. But man, last Spurs, night Spurs Clippers late night, man Spurs Clippers late night. Okay, so you're telling me I'm staying up, but out here out west, it's not even that big of a problem for me to stay up out <laughs> to stay I'll be up honest, like that. When it- one of my trends so far has been enjoying the fact that every single night, basically, there's a Clippers or Lakers game on late night. And that's Absolutely. how I fall asleep every night. <laughs> no, because honestly, they're like two, and like, they're two of the most entertaining teams to watch. Uh, whether yeah. it be, you know, kind of contrasting styles as we saw in that first game against each other. They're built completely differently and yet so compelling for their own reasons. It's so great. It is, it is crazy just so far how things have gone for both of those teams and storylines all season long, star power, injuries, load management, so much going on with both those teams. And we'll get to that in a bit, just to start for the Battle of LA, but because we reside north of the border, we tend to always mention just off the top what's going on with your Toronto Raptors. And I mean, hey, they are the defending NBA champions. So it's not a bad place to start, right? Got to check on the champs. Got to check on the champs. And the champs are off to a 4-1 and start. And, you know, let's be honest, outside of the Celtics, which is a lone game that they lost, I'm going to say they're taking care of business, right? You beat Detroit, Orlando, Chicago, New Orleans. And the one thing I'll say so far, Webby, is on our season preview show, my prediction was that the Raptors would be somewhere in that five, six, seven range. I said they'd finish in the bottom half of the playoffs, and I'll be honest, every single episode of Wrap It Up that we've done and the Raptors have won, there's mad people in my mentions like, I thought you said they're gonna come in seventh. 
And it's so funny because we're five games into the season. And I think the Raps are doing great. But what do you make of the Raptors start to the season so far? What's the biggest thing that sticks out to you with this 4-1 and one start? I mean, obviously, it's a play of Siakam. We had the yeah. conversation of whether he was worth the max contract uh, that he got before the season started. And I thought that, you know, in a couple of years, we were going to look back at this contract and say, wow, what a great deal the Raptors got to only pay a guy like Siakam this much. And it's taken <laughs> me four games to be like, wow, that's a really good deal for the Raps. I mean, he's been unbelievable. And you know what? He's really kind of refined his game um, to include some things that he didn't have last year. And I don't, I mean, it's kind of weird to be living in a world where Pascal Siakam is kind of like a superstar in the Eastern Conference. It's even weird to say that. Now, <laughs> again, like, I, I'm sure your Menchie's blowing up with diehard Raps fans calling you out after five games. But again, we need to look at this schedule that they've started out with here that's been pretty favorable. And yeah. while even while they did lose to Boston, they were very that was a really competitive game, and they played really well in it. But they have a tough stretch coming up where they've got to go to Milwaukee, then they get the Kings, and then they go on a West Coast road road trip that's going to see them play. I think the Clippers and the Lakers and the Jazz all within yeah. a couple of days of each other. So again, like this is a good test for the Raps if they can come. We always say you know when they go on these road trips, if you can get out of it, you know. With a winning record, it, it's a positive. And so I think that if they can go out west and, and, and maybe even split an L.A. series, um, if they can split you know those two games with the Lakers and the Clippers or even win both, it's huge. It's huge. But, listen, they're not undefeated like another Eastern Conference team that I'm sure we're going to get to. <laughs> we, will, we will get there in a second. And, and, you know, Pascal starting off this season, 28 points per game. He's averaging nine rebounds per game. But the key to me is he's shooting 51% from the floor and 44% from three. I mean, that's what the the wrinkle that I was talking about adding to his game. Like, it's not something that if you saw Pascal even two years ago, even a little bit last year, that you would think that he could add. But there it is. Now he's wetting threes every game. Well, fans of the On Blast Network know that, you know, if you go back to last year's Wrap It Up, very early on, the guys, Mikey, Ola, they were talking about the Rico Hines runs that Pascal mentioned that he, you know, took part in at the end of two years ago, right? right. So heading into the championship season and just how much work he put in in the offseason there. And we saw that payoff last year, obviously, culminating in him winning most improved player. So now you take that. You know that he went back in the lab at the Rico Hines runs again and to see the three-point shot like that's just the every time I see him I'm reminded of that Drake Kobe line you wasn't with me shooting jumpers in the gym yeah right like it's just it's wet and you could just tell that's just a dude working on his game and in a weird way and don't don't take this the wrong way no, but I know what it you're reminds me of it reminds me of Kawhi Absolutely. in the sense that it's just gym work, right? And it, it's not forced. It looks in rhythm. He's doing it at his own pace. And it's scary to see the leap that this guy's made it, through the first five games. But it's going to come down to consistency, right? Like, that's the difference between star and superstar is consistency, all-star and MVP. Because we're hearing 
MIP to MVP was what Matty Devlin was trying to, to big up during the last game. And it's a little early for that. But you mentioned the head-to-head -head against Giannis. I can't wait for that. I love my big boy games. And that's one coming up that will be a great thing to watch. Just two athletic freaks going at each other in terms of Giannis and Pascal. And it's a good measuring stick for Pascal Siakam to see kind of where he's at early on in the season and for the Raptors to see where they're at early on in the season against a team most think will be top two in the East. No, absolutely. And you mentioned it exactly like Kawhi. And that was the name I was going to bring up in terms of going back to the lab and adding something to your game every year. This is something that we saw Kawhi do and still do this year when you look at how much of a playmaker he's become on the Clippers. But it's like Siakam has taken a page out of Kawhi's book. Hey, this is something that I know I need to work on before the start of next year. So this is what I'm going to go to the gym and work on. And it's been working like gangbusters. Now, uh, that, that Milwaukee contest, that's going to be a tasty one. Yeah, that one's going to be a lot of fun. And the, the only thing I'll say is, hey, I hope the Raptors prove me wrong and finish in the top of the Eastern Conference. And that's great. The only thing I said why I can't put them in the top half is because of consistency, which means consistent health. And right now, the Raptors are running out eight guys, seven guys mostly, and Kyle Lowry and Freddie are playing mega minutes. Yeah. And I don't think that that is sustainable at all. You want to have Mark Gasol on a, on a load management program, and that means that Dudes are going to have to put in work off your bench that doesn't currently exist. So that's really the reason why I see the Raptors not as a top team in the East. But hey, time will tell. And again, I hope I'm wrong. I do a post-game show after each Raptor game. And you know what? I said this last last night. When they win, it goes a lot better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. A more, few more <laughs> listeners when they win, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Webby. But you, I mentioned the top of the Eastern Conference. And there was a matchup, there was a big boy matchup oh boy. that took place involving one of those teams and two big boys in terms of Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. And the, the one thing that I find super funny was Carl Anthony Towns the day before was asked about his matchup with Joel Embiid and he said, I'm focused, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, I'm focused on getting the W. I know you guys are trying to start something and, and sell papers, but I'm not in the business of selling papers. I'm in the business of getting Ws. <laughs> and then what happened when these two actually met up on the court, Webby? Well, I, I like. here's the other thing, too. I want to take you even further back to before the game. Okay. Uh, I want to take okay. you back to Joel Embiid's interview with Rachel Nichols. I don't know if you saw this like a couple of weeks before the game, before the season started, but Joel Embiid basically said that his days as a trash talker are done and that he's all about winning. And you know how many people, if you believe that, I've got some beachfront property I'd love to sell you, all right? <laughs> because the, the, the shit talking last night and the, uh, like, I didn't know that the like I've kn I know about Embiid's past with uh, Andre Drummond and honestly most of the big men in the Eastern Conference, this cat and bead thing, it seems to be born out of uh, uh, Jimmy Butler coming to the Sixers last year and the connection that he made with Embiid when he was in Philly 
and I guess hearing some stories about what happened in terms of Instagram models and girlfriends, but listen, there was some bad blood on the court in Philadelphia last night, and you know who loves when shit gets rough like that in a, in a game, whether it be hockey, football, or basketball, or baseball? You know who loves that? I'm not sure who. The fans in Philadelphia. <laughs> and So here's my question, right? Because Joel Embiid, I mean, we, we've talked about Joel Embiid before, and I might not be Joel Embiid's biggest fan. I think this is like straight studio gangster stuff, which is Joel Embiid just – he's for the show, right? He's here for the show. He'll I throw him, though. He'll throw him. Here, here's the thing, though, right? In terms of basketball fights in the year – 2019 that was pretty high up there but in terms of like actual fights that was pretty lame right like it it was it was a go right in the context of where we are now in the nba cool but beyond that whatever like towns got him in a headlock maybe Embiid gouged him in the eye they're rolling around and then your man's ben simmons Simmons with with a triangle choke He's giving out submission holds. Yo, he's been watching his UFC, bro. Did you see all the UFC people on Twitter today? They were like, hey, Simmons, that's good form, brother. That's good form. It was just so ridiculous, though, to watch. And the thing that gets me with Embiid, and this is off, off, obviously, watching Embiid just, you know, hype up the crowd, play it to the crowd and all that. But as soon as he gets up and he starts, like, Hyping up the crowd and shadow boxing and all that. I'm like, this guy's lame, man. This guy's so lame. No, he's the best, man. Dude, he is. The way that I put it today uh, to my buddies at work was that Joel Embiid is like if you took um, if you took Bill Lambeer and Kareem and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. What are you talking about? Okay, so so he talks that shit. And he gets in people's heads, and he's he the he's the player that everybody loves to hate. But unlike Lambeer, he can back it up on the court by putting up twenty and ten every night without breaking a sweat. So not only like you can talk about backing it up, like listen, this isn't boxing; it's not UFC. Like nobody's going to call on Joel Embiid to throw knucks every game, but you do want him True. to show up and play basketball at a high level every game and he and he does so you can talk that talk but you got to back it up with your play on the court and he does it and you can't like listen everybody listen toronto fans uh timberwolves fans basically every other fan except philly fans are saying (laughs) are saying that this guy's a clown you know whatever but here, the the thing is, is that this guy's an MVP candidate this year, and it's going to make people so mad if he gets it. I love it. I absolutely. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to get this term out of my uh, lexicon, out of my vocabulary, because it's driving me nuts on social media. But with Joel Embiid, you really love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> Listen, okay, so two guys that have been talking trash with each other, cool. I'm okay with them getting in the little tussle, whatever, the intensity, cool. I'm here for that. The gimmicks that came afterwards, though, what that's the, what I'm not here for, I, right? I, like, the I shadow ain't, boxing, I ain't no all that. But yeah, I, I will say this, it was hilarious. And the way that everything trickled out in terms of, like, I totally miss Towns' moms 
leaning over and giving Embiid the finger <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> I totally missed that until like three hours later on social media. And you just add so many levels and you're right, the post game where Embiid starts the presser by saying, first of all, I ain't no bitch, and then laughs. And I'm like, that's a bitch move. No, no, no. Like, because I know but, he's being funny and he's referencing something else, right? Yeah, he's referencing Mike Scott, who was the real MVP of that whole fight last night. If you watch Mike <laughs> Scott's reactions to watching the replay on the big screen and the way that it's he so greeted. Yo, he, I love Mike Scott, first of all. It he is, it is, is so awesome. Good. I will say that. The Mike Scott reactions, because he's laughing at Embiid. And this is what I'm saying, right? Like... When there was an actual fight, you're not laughing. And that's what makes this so ridiculous to me. Because Embiid's like quoting the Broad Street bullies and shit as if like he really got in a fight. And it's like, dude, relax. But for cool. Philly fans, I know that's he's all they man. need to see. For Philly fans, that's all they need to see, man. You're right. You are I'm right about you. that. You are right about that. But it did take a weird, ridiculous turn once it headed to social media oh. afterwards. Okay. Yeah. And so let's try to go through a bit of this here. Joel Embiid, after the presser, after everything, he goes to Twitter and he says, great team win. I was raised around Lions. Which is and a great a line. First of, all, first of all, that's a great line. I was For raised being, around Lions and a cat an pulled African. on me tonight, laughed my ass off, got his mama giving middle fingers left and right. That's some serious real estate. Hashtag fight night. Hashtag I ain't no bitch. <laughs> Here's the thing. Good line, cool. You can't troll the moms. The moms control you because she's going to be defensive of her so watching her son just get in a fight. Moms are off limits if you're Joel Embiid. You cannot comment on the man's moms. Uh, Can we agree on that? Yeah, probably, unless your mom <laughs> okay. is like, unless your mom is like Javale McGee and open mouth kissing Julius Irving. <laughs> Yo. Yo, stop. stop. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, 100%, 100%. So Towns then goes to social media, and it turns into a back and forth where Towns is, you know, doing the I ain't raised, I ain't no bitch, raised around lions, and just put caps and clowns and hashtag bitch talk. Can you step into white guy corner real quick? Old, Old white guy corner, too. Okay. The cap. Because <laughs> I thought it was like, like he's lying, like you're lying. Like no cap means like no cap is like slang for being like like I'm telling the truth. Like you're emphasizing your point when you're okay. saying no cap. It's like I'm not gassing. I'm telling the truth. I thought it was like caping, like oh, like I'm not caping for you. I'm not like uh, okay. So no cap. I, I no got cap it. is I got like it. for real. You know okay. what I mean? It's like for real. No lie. Like you're emphasizing your point. So when Towns is saying, when he's mocking Embiid, who's saying, uh, you know, I ain't no bitch, and then he's putting a bunch of caps, he's saying he's lying. No cap would be like, you're gassing him, saying like, oh, no, no lie, you are not a bitch. But okay. he's saying cap, you are a bitch. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, cap, you are a bitch. Let me write this down. Cap, you are a bitch. Cap, All right, got it. No lie, for real. You know, like, that's what no cap would be. Okay. Thank like, you for, for stepping. Like I'm that dude, no cap, or I'm that dude for real. Thank you for stepping into old white guy corner with me and and clearing <laughs> that up. Hey, we're here to help. That's we're here it. To help. That's it. That's it. 
So this turns into a thing on social media for the rest of the night because there ends up being so many other layers to this. Yeah, didn't like Kat's agent get involved and say that like Joel actually deleted it himself instead of uh, instead of Cat blocking it or something? Is that did I read that right? Well, I I didn't see the stuff with the agents. I just saw Cat posting all these pictures of him having. Embiid in a headlock and him posting Embiid crying, crying yeah. after the the Kawhi four bounce shot. And okay, I'm gonna go back to something I said after the four the four bounce shot, and it's quoting Bomani Jones who made this point about the Embiid crying. And it's just another example of why, hey, crying in sports, fine. Especially your professional athlete, you dedicate your whole life to a sport, you're grinding so hard to try to achieve your goals at the highest levels in the world. A lot of and emotion. If you lose, if you lose, cool. I see you getting emotional. I see all that energy pouring out of you and you crying. I can understand that. But that guy, Joel Embiid, he can't cry. <laughs> and this is another reason why. Because when you continue to do the Joel Embiid trolling stuff, the ace card is going to continue to come out in terms of, hey, <laughs> here's a picture of you crying on the court for everyone to see. And then it just reminds you of everything else, like him crying in his girl's arms, who's like half his size <laughs> at the end of that <laughs> game. And it's, it's just like a complete gong show of events. But then it turns, uh, and I, I want to say this, I want to get your opinion on this, Webby. Because it turned a little... You know, it went even further because then we get Joel Embiid clapping back and Joel Embiid seems to be referencing, he references Jimmy Butler. Yep. And then I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this, not because one, I, I said on the last pod, hey, not trying to be the Takashi podcast. Right. But he starts referencing, he says, at the end of another post, because he commented on Towns' post, right? That's what you were referring to in terms of who deleted it or who's hiding it or whatever. But Embiid says, imagine talking after a 20-point loss. You hate to see it. Go ahead using that pick of me caring about losing in the second round of the playoffs. Which you all have never been to. But bragging about being in the second round of the playoffs is lame. But I get his point. I understand his point. Oh, wait, you never been there. You don't know what that's like. No cap, boy, finally won three games, and he's talking. And I know you ain't talking. You've been pussy your whole life. That's why you were treated like a bitch by you-know-who. And I ain't going to put your business out, but by I got the facts about you. Sorry. I ain't going to put your business out, but I got the facts about you. Don't get it twisted. I own you. The assumption in the Twitter in the I mean, Twitter sphere. How can you hate this guy? That Here's such... the thing: the assumption in the Twitter sphere, on the interwebs, in the deep dark corners of the interwebs, alluding to people talking about Cat's ex girlfriend and Jimmy Butler, maybe having some relations with Cat's ex girlfriend, and maybe that's what Embiid's talking about. And if you want to know more about it. You can definitely get your Twitter fingers going and find yep. the story for yourself. You might get caught up like I did on the Instagram model's Instagram page as well. But <laughs> it's, hey. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good time spent? It's a good time spent over your lunch break. All hey? right, all right. I'll say that much. I'll say that much. But hey, however you choose you your time. You got to pass me that you. link. You got to throw me that link. 
Lincoln bio. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, is this stuff odd off limits, or do you, or is it too personal and like off limits, or are you okay with all of this? I mean, there's a lot of uh, lot, there's a. I mean, he keeps it pretty vague here. Now we have, we have, we we do have internet sleuths like this is life in 2019, 2020, yeah. where we've got people who are going to pour over this and and do their detective work and find out, you know, what he's talking about and what the rumors are, and then put that all on Front Street. Um, but in terms of what Embiid said, I think it's vague and coded enough that I like. I think you're right. I think that going after the mom is way more off limits than what he said in this in this post. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the J line because you know who did you know what? Well, you know who? Yeah, that yeah. between me and you. But that's that what it kind of reminded me of, right? But I feel like that that reference is probably a little too old for Embiid, right? Right? Because I think like that was that's what I thought of right away, and hey. Hopefully, people listening to the pod know what I'm talking about. The Nas and Jay stuff, which also was referencing a Philly native, Allen Iverson, if I'm not mistaken. No? That that is correct. Right? I'm pretty sure that's what that was. That's crazy. But anyways, to me, here's the thing. And I've gone on these rants before on on this podcast about this generational thing. And I'm just going to quote the wise words of Steven Jackson, respect it or check it, right? Keep that same energy because there's a lot of personal shots being taken there, and that's beyond basketball. You want to tussle in basketball and talk trash about losing in the playoffs and all that fun stuff? Cool. But the personal attacks? I don't know, man. There's some things where I might have to see you, and and we might have to have a serious conversation. You know know what I'm saying? Because it's just like there's got to be a line. There's got to be a line where you have to anticipate that if you cross that line, you might get punched in the face. And that's what I feel like we're lacking in 2019, where I can just go on social media and just talk whatever reckless talk, and and that's that. That's the one thing that I thought was really weird about this story. But my whole thing about this is, like, yeah, Embiid is a habitual line stepper, but it doesn't seem like he's one to back down. It's not one... Like... I don't know if he's gone out there because he said some pretty wild shit about other people <laughs> and he's true. never really backed down about it. You know, That's like true. if I anything, mean, he, he raises to the level. I mean, like <laughs> he basically ruined Andre Drummond last year after Andre Drummond, like had the nerve to open his mouth. And like, I can only imagine what's going to happen in the next game between the Sixers and the T-Wolves, which I think is in a couple of weeks or something or Maybe in a in a month or two, but that's going to be must see TV. Yeah, I mean, whenever that rematch happens, that's incredible. Uh, just of note to get the like newsy side of this, I guess should mention the fact that they both got suspended for two games, which seems a little light for me. But <laughs> the other one is Simmons. Whatever. Got, Simmons got no games and no fines because that's how good the triangle choke was. That's how good <laughs> well, the form was. They said he was, a that he was a peacemaker. I love it. get out of here a peacemaker so ridiculous i do think though that there's parts of the nba office that's like we like the fact that we are trending over game seven of the world series yeah do you know what i mean like i I think there and that's why it's only two games because they don't there's a line for sure 
in terms of the personal attacks and all that. And I'm sure they probably had a word with Embiid and Towns about like keeping the personal stuff out of it. But I feel like they social media is one of the reasons why basketball is super popular right now. And so there's part of the NBA, there's part of Adam Silver that likes this. No? A hundred percent. Like you say, up against game seven of a World Series. And people are talking about this fight. A fight, which I will remind you as well, featured no punches thrown. That's (laughs) That's another reason that these guys only got two games, I think. It was NBA action, man. Yeah, it was fantastic. Way more vicious online than it was on the court, for sure. Agreed, 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 agreed. Good stuff as always. But let let people listening to this pod let me know what you think. Are you team Cat or team Embiid? Let us know in the comments for sure, because that was that was hilarious. Like either way, team Kitty Cat. If you're team (laughs) Carl Anthony Kitty Cat, because he just meowed out there. Either way, I, I can't lie. I'm entertained. And we just spent like a solid 20 minutes talking about it. So I can't act like I wasn't entertained, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Something that I'm not entertained by, even though my dislike for the Golden State Warriors (laughs) continues, uh, Stephen Curry broke his hand. And now, I mean, they're waiting on a CT scan, I'm pretty sure. So they don't know what's going on. He has a broken hand for sure, but they don't know exactly how long he's going to be out for as of yet. But the point remains, it's just another blow to a very tough season for the Golden State Warriors as they were getting blown out in the game against the Suns. And they'd already gotten blown out already this season by the Oklahoma City Thunder, which led Draymond Green to say that they're trash or (laughs) something to that effect. What was the exact quote from Draymond? I think it was, we fucking suck. And I think that that he said it now twice. (laughs) <laughs> After games, I, w- I read the quote the other the other day. I think it was yeah. uh, the maybe it was the Oklahoma City loss. Maybe it was another loss. And I was like, wait, didn't he already say that earlier this year? I was like, oh, it's a long seven games for them. <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's it hasn't been a good look so far, and the Golden State Warriors off to a bad start to the season, which to me. Remember, I'm here for the demise of the Golden State Warriors, and I'm also here to remind you that the Toronto Raptors did this. But the weird stat to come out of this was that in the last six games, the Golden State Warriors have lost three Hall of Famers to injury. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about how ridiculous yeah, that is. Nuts. That's well, insane. No, no, you could say, yeah, three Hall of Famers to him for, for a game. I mean, their, their last six games played. Like, what a way to open up your brand new arena and close your, like, Oracle, like, that's messed up. That is just insane. And, I mean, hey, is that the Kawhi curse? Kawhi and the Raptors did this? Listen, <laughs> right. I, I mean, don't know. We did, we did our predictions in the last mm-hmm. game, and I had uh, Golden State as, as my surprise team because I thought that they yeah. were going to be really good. Now, of course, that was predicated on Steph Curry and Draymond Green, who's been dealing with back issues, too, on being healthy. Now, yeah. Bro, this could be the worst case scenario, though, if you are a Golden State Warriors hater. I know, because here's the full thing. Steph tank. Curry gets a pass now, right? Not like, only that, but full tank job. And For sure. Uh, what about a I top? wanted Steph to play, and I wanted them to take their L's so that we could get the real talk about, oh, well, Russ was able to take a team to the playoffs in the West 
by himself. No, no, no. James Harden was able to take a team to the playoffs in the West by himself. Why can't Steph and Draymond and D'Angelo Russell do that? Like, I was waiting for that conversation to happen, and now it's not because the best option now is you don't rush Steph Curry back at all. Clay doesn't play for the whole year. You let Draymond rest. You tank, and you trade D'Angelo Russell, right? Like, you let him ball out of control and you get so two, he can boost up his trade value. And then you get two lottery picks in the in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's got to be you. And I mean, they have. Is it this year's Nets pick that they have that they got in a Durant deal? I'm not oh. sure if it's this year's, but the reality is, at the end of the day, they gotta just pack it in. And if you're Golden State, this this could turn into the Spurs situation, right? Where David Robinson gets hurt, and then next thing you know, here's Tim Duncan. <laughs> exactly. And, like, what do you guys have to? If you're the Warriors, what do you have to lose? You've got the new building already. You've got the championship banners hanging already. Tickets uh, are Cur- sold already, I'm sure. Curry is not old. Draymond Green is not old. Clay Thompson is not old. Why not add a couple of rookies, really young, really good, oh my goodness, really good, really young players to your future? Yeah. Nope. Totally agree with you, man. Totally agree with you. Uh, tough times in Golden State. And another story... Along the same lines, uh, your man's Kevin Durant, who we all know left Golden State after this past offseason and is now with the Brooklyn Nets. But uh, he did an interview. He was on first take with Stephen A., Max, and Molly this morning and talked about a lot of things, mentioned that he's not going to play at all this season. There's no chance that he's going to play this season. But he also acknowledged that the argument that he had with Draymond Green that we all saw during the game early last season when, just to refresh the memory of people, if you don't remember, there's a game early on last year where the Warriors were down. Oh, no, sorry. It was a tie game. Draymond got the rebound. And as he's bringing the ball up the floor for the last second shot, Katie's asking for the ball, but Draymond takes it. And I think he lost the ball. And it ends up the game ends up going to OT. Katie says something to Draymond. And then you see them yelling at each other on the sidelines in the huddle before OT starts and all the quotes came out. It was all about Draymond yelling at him. We don't need you. Draymond calling him a bitch. It wasn't pretty. So Kevin Durant comes out today, Webby, and he says that that altercation played a role in him not re-signing with Golden State. Are you surprised at that at all? Or is that like, no, obviously. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's kind of like, obviously. Yeah. There was definitely something going on uh, with those two last year that stemmed from that situation. Um, yeah. Now, what, is it like? I guess it's not surprising knowing what we know about Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, not that he's soft or a marshmallow or anything like that, but just that he is—he does take things a certain way more than other. He takes things personally. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, what's going to be really interesting is, based on the news that came out this week, news reports from Jackie McMullen about the about the weird Kyrie story, is yep. is this just something that's going to happen again to Kevin Durant? It's, it's super interesting, right? Because the other layer to this was, which is going to be super familiar to what's going to happen now, 
is Durant talked not only about how the Draymond comments affected him, but the fallout from that. Meaning, after that happened, the media jumped on it, and then every single day, the narrative became about his free agency. Like, that's all everyone talked about. And they were just looking for... It was just question after question after question about his free agency, and then it became him and the Warriors, not just the Warriors, and it turned into this whole season-long thing that really weighed on him. And I think that part played a factor in him being like, okay, now it's time to go. And so when you're talking about media scrutiny, and now you're talking about Kyrie, who's become one of the more polarizing figures in the NBA, for sure, and you're adding the backdrop of the New York media and the backdrop of maybe them not doing well this season and Kevin Durant coming back, that's just going to add a lot more media scrutiny to this situation. And I think you're right, man. Like, it's it's going to be somewhat of the same in terms of how annoyed are these two guys going to get if the media starts turning on them because things aren't going well, right? Like, it's fine and dandy when Kyrie's scoring 50 and they lose early in the season, but if that happens in game, what? 55 (laughs) what are we thinking then if the nets don't make the playoffs without kd how bad of a look is that on Kyrie, and how does he react to that well that's a thing and then i think that this experiment though in new york or in brooklyn almost said new jersey uh if this experiment in brooklyn is going to get at least two more years including like not including this one so they're gonna have three years to try and figure this out but you're right if thing like i i even if they miss the playoffs this year i don't think it's a big deal because it's it's gonna be about getting durant in that nets jersey yeah once he is i mean like you say those lights are gonna be bright and then you know the scrutiny is gonna be on him and it's gonna be interesting to see how he reacts to that compared to how he uh like most basketball people, most media, they think that he fumbled the way that he handled his time in Golden State, which is crazy because he won two championships. Yeah, was it two? Sorry, what? Sorry, I, I missed the end part of that. Webby, sorry. Did, yeah, did did Kevin Durant win two championships in Golden State? Two, yeah, yeah. So we think of his time in Golden State kind of now, especially, as something that he had fumbled uh, just because of the way that it ended. But yeah. that, that's the best kind of fumble. And, and if he can be even you know, a percentage of what he gave Golden State to what Brooklyn is trying to put together, I think he'll be fine. But it's just, man, the guy's got to get some tougher skin. Yeah, it, it is super weird. And I'm very interested to see how this all plays out. And, I mean, we know that he went to New York or Brooklyn for other reasons other than just basketball, right? And either way, I I love the fact that at least he's shifting some of the basketball spotlight to the East Coast because so much of it is on the West Coast. Um, But it is one of those things that you're still waiting to see. You know that these two guys join together. You know once they are together, they're going to be a solid team championship team not really sure but at least a solid team but getting there that's going to be the issue right like kd's out for the year and he's still finding a way to make headlines right well not only that and and Kyrie is just supposed to be on cruise control for this year and he's already coming under scrutiny for what he did in the preseason and his mood swings and how this wasn't what brooklyn thought like 
the situation that Kevin Durant thought he was getting into in Brooklyn could be completely different than the one that he ends up in at the beginning of next year. The one thing I will say, though, is that Jackie Mack, one of the greatest writers there are that exists. But the one thing I will say is that uh, her base is Boston. And one of the things that we know that happens in Boston sports, regardless of which team you're on, <laughs> right? when someone exits, magically all these stories tend to find their way into the media and these other storylines. And I know that it's about Kyrie's mood swing so far in Brooklyn. I know that and I understand that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Yeah, We've talk to Terry before. Francona about that. Right? Um. Speaking of, though, just what's gone on so far this season, as we mentioned, we're about the two-week mark in so many great storylines. But one thing that always happens in every NBA season, there's always surprises to start the year. So, Webby, I'm going to ask you, what has been the biggest surprise to you so far this season? Biggest surprise to me... Well, I was going to say the Atlanta Hawks because they were one of my predictions of a team that was going to surprise people, and they were looking really great, and then Trey Young rolled his ankle. So while it might be tough, I'd say that my – I mean, how can you not say the biggest surprise is the San Antonio Spurs? And it shouldn't be a surprise because this is a team that year after year we say, well, you know what, Pops had a great run. They don't have the horses that they used to have. Um, you know what, you're going to see the Spurs, you know, kind of fall back to, fall back to earth now, you know, they'll, they'll probably reload and, and, and in a couple of years they'll be back up there again. They've been playing some amazing basketball so far. <laughs> yep. I mean, bet against the Spurs, right? Like at your own risk, because no matter what, somehow, some way they find themselves in the playoffs in the West year after year after year. And you're trusting in the organization of pop that, Give them the pieces, whatever pieces they are, and he'll figure out a way to put them in a position to succeed. It's It's been really interesting to see what the Spurs have been able to do so far. And, you know, my surprise, and hey, I was going to say, it's funny you mentioned that you were going to say the Hawks because I was going to as well. And it sucks that Trey Young, you know, what happened to Trey Young, even though we know he'll be back, he's day-to-day, I think he's listed as, so it's not as bad as it could have been. But... My first, my first early surprise actually did come last night in the crazy night of the NBA. And it was when I saw the box score that read Rockets 159, Wizards 158. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a crazy game. And then I stared at the box score for another 10 seconds, like legit 10 seconds, because I was like, wait a second. This wasn't in overtime or double overtime. This is in regulation. And what, the third highest scoring non-overtime game in NBA history? Exactly. Insane. But then another 10 seconds led me to, oh shit, James Harden scored 59 points in this game. Now, this is insane for a lot of reasons. And the Russell Westbrook-James Harden experiment, I'm here to watch this for the whole season to just see how this plays out. I'm super intrigued by it. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but I've been, uh, those that follow the pod know I work on Tim and Sid. I've been producing the show for a couple weeks now, or probably over a month actually. But we had Kenny Smith on this week. Kenny Smith said that he thinks the Rockets are going to win the NBA championship. 
Like that was the team he picked. And Ooh. I never made such a bold statement in our preview show on Ball on Blast. I said I think the Rockets will be really good. I see them as being like a top three seed in the West. Who's going to win the finals? I have no idea. I think my pick was the Lakers, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But this experiment so far, I mean, Russ is still getting his triple doubles. Harden is still shooting every single shot imaginable. But 159-158, when you hear that, Webby, what are you thinking when you hear that? Uh, I'm thinking how bad is the Rockets' defense that they gave up 158 (laughs) points to the Washington Wizards? Like, uh, it's super impressive. 59 points for Harden is amazing. And if anybody gets to 70 or above in a single game this year, it'll probably be Harden. And honestly, yeah. like, the, the combination of Westbrook and Harden has been just as impressed. Like, maybe the best new combination of two players playing together, other than my boys Doncic and Porzingis, who have been, <laughs> who have been outstanding so far as well. But the, yeah. that that Harden Westbrook combination is is working out way better than I think anybody else thought it might, especially at the beginning of the season. For them to have this much chemistry um, playing together uh, in the NBA to start out is has been outstanding. But man, giving up 158 points to the Wizards. And I don't know if that makes you a championship contender. And listen, love Kenny the Jet, but where did Kenny the Jet play his ball? (laughs) Good point. Very good point. I think they refer to it as Clutch City. That's right. That's right. Um, Bradley Beal also went for 46 in that game, 14 of 20 shooting, which is just crazy numbers as well for Brad Beal. And I think this game is the most blatant example of kind of a working theory I've had for a few years in the NBA, and it's that it's just a glorified gym run, Yeah, meaning most teams don't play defense. And so that's what differentiated the Raps so much last year was they defended, and you've seen that culture bleed into this season where, again, they play defense. So even if you remove the high-level talent of Kawhi, the drop-off isn't going to be as drastic as people think because they still play defense. Good yeah. team defense. And the Sixers so, this year so far. I mean, that's kind of what that team is predicated on coming into this year is how well sure. they're going to shut down the other team. For sure. Totally. Uh, one last thing about the start to the NBA season. Obviously, one of the biggest uh, storylines coming in was the Battle of L.A. Through the first couple of weeks, Webby, what's your biggest takeaway from the Battle of L.A.? Well, like I said a little earlier, it's just the contrast of styles between both of these teams and the way that they're set up and the success that they're both having. It's like you can do it in multiple ways in the NBA if you want to be successful. You can have two of the best players playing right now and surround them with a bunch of scrubs, or you can fill out a roster with amazing role players who excel at what they do and then put in a superstar like Kawhi to to then be surrounded with those uh, uh, amazing role players. Both work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where you look at both teams, and as you mentioned, it's definitely different styles. But seeing Anthony Davis playing basketball again is incredible. But the other thing that's super funny is that how often is my guy heading back to the locker room? Yo, it's what like did he do? Every single game. <laughs> He did forty and twenty with a bad with a bum shoulder in three quarters. Yeah, 
Dude, that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> but the other thing is, like, like again, like we talked about in that preview pod, how how great is it to see LeBron with a player like Anthony Davis? Like, it's great, man. And to see LeBron just not have to like put the carry team, the team on his back, yeah, yeah. And Kuzma's going to be on the way, which kind of eases a bit more off of LeBron. It's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And it's still a great storyline. The one thing, as the Clippers get ready to play tonight, as we speak, they're probably already tipped off. But load management wasn't supposed to be a thing for Kawhi Leonard, or at least that's what Doc said. But he already took a night off for rest uh, last night in Utah, and the Clippers got blown out. And again, they're still without Paul George, so they're not even at full strength yet. But one of the great storylines going forward, and I think maybe the funniest things, one of the funny things that I've seen so far is the Kawhi commercial with the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, Terminator yeah. commercial. It's actually really funny. And of course, we've seen the memes of the hey, hey, hey. It's like, hey, man, Kawhi Leonard is a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. He's is that a walking, what we've heard it so far? I guess yeah, he's so, a walking uh, meme. He's a walking meme. Of. Uh, as always, though, Webby, we close out the podcast with our Ask on Blast segment, which a lot of times just ends up with what shows we're watching, which turns into either a Game of Thrones. In the past, it's turned into a Game of Thrones recap. Succession. Or a Succession recap. Or you crushing billions. None of those shows are currently on the air right now. But there is an album that came out. And I'm going to say this. I'm not going to rip a gospel album because it's a gospel <laughs> album. Because you don't want to go to hell. I understand. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want that smoke. <laughs> but I'm going to pose this question to you about Kanye West and his album called Jesus is King. I'm going to just read this headline, okay? Kanye West admits he asked people working on Jesus is King to not have premarital sex. <laughs> Quote, there were times where I was asking people not to have premarital sex while they were working on the album. <laughs> Who? I just Who want to get your thoughts asking? on that. Who was he asking? <laughs> I don't know. Man. Kenny G? <laughs> was he asking Kenny G not to have premarital, premarital sex? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure Kenny G's married. Oh, man. You know what's so crazy, man? I Normally, a Kanye interview, I'm all over. And I saw the clips from the big boy interview, and there were just like a couple of clips that leaked. And I'm like, no, nope, nope. I'm not putting myself through that. No, nope, me neither. But I'm yeah. still not going to say nothing negative about a, an album about Jesus either. <laughs> so here's <laughs> I'm a, not going to be that dude. <laughs> I, I tweeted it out as soon as I like I listened to it, and it's incredibly short. It's like it's even shorter than Ye was. I think it's like it's like 27 minutes or 27 something. minutes exactly. Yeah. But man, after going through it once, you know what I said to myself, and I, I tweeted it out too. It's like okay. I, I wish he could just make another album, just only with Pusher again. Because I miss the old Kanye. Is that because, what you're saying? No, not even with the old Kanye. Just like stop rapping for a little while, man. Oh, make like beats. Because I think that sonically, Jesus is King sounds awesome. Yes. Okay. The the God like God is I think is a great track. Uh, but just the the beats that he has on that record are awesome. The Kenny G one with the clips is incredible. Yeah, but Shouts it's like, to no malice, by the way. Yeah, one hundred percent. Back in my life. Um, but the thing is, it's like, man, just stop. 
talking for a while. <laughs> just take maybe a year, sit down with Push, and give me two albums. Because the last Push album was so good. And it was all Kanye beats. All I'm going to say is, man, the Kardashians' resume. It's bad. They have a, I'll just say that they have a resume of, you know, Changing careers, I'll say. That's my politically correct way of saying it. And again, I'll take your comments and questions. Off air. Take them off air. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, Webby, where can the people hit you up if they want to talk Halloween candy, Halloween costumes, or Ben Simmons' chokehold? If you want to talk about triangle chokes, if you want to talk about Jesus is King, if you want to talk about The Watchmen on HBO, or if you want to talk to me about how much of a, uh, you know, how much of a B Joel Embiid is, yeah, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's the same, at a Webster 84 <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Watchmen, I should be watching that? Yeah, I, you know, I read the uh, graphic novel years ago. Um, okay. I, you don't need to you don't need to read it to get into it, and it's got your girl okay. Regina. Reg, all you have to know is that Regina King is in it. Okay, and okay. she is a, she's the best. Uh, I will say my PVR is filled with a lot of shows that I've fallen behind on, and because basketball's back, so maybe at some point I'll start it. Not sure when, but. We'll try to get to it at some point for sure. When it becomes red level, because it's going to get there where I'm going to have to be like, Shelly, you need to watch this because something (laughs) crazy is going to happen. I'll let you know. But right now it's on a good slow, slow boil, a lot like Succession was. And I'm sure that we're going to get our own like Logan Roy rap, um, you know, (laughs) in the Watchmen, you know. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Or Kendall Roy uh, rap, Kendall Roy rap. Kendall Roy rap, yes. Um, and my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Shell Alexander Twitter, Sheldon Alexander Instagram. And of course, you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube as part of the On Blast podcast network just search on blast podcast you'll find a whole bunch of other stuff we got the wrap it up podcast back for season two which is our raps post game show live on twitter after each and every toronto raptors game find that on the feed you also find the challenge podcast which is called Ooh. You Killed It. The challenge season is hot this year. Yo, I know you you're probably tweeting. not watching, Webby. I, I, I fell off. I watched the first couple episodes, but I saw you tweeting about it today that it's just Yo. been on a, a, a wild run. It, it's been a lot of fun. The season of the challenge has been a lot of fun. Uh, and we have a lot of fun on that podcast for sure. So lots going on on the On Blast Podcast Network. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, that's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Subscribe, tell your friends, all that other fun stuff, because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball On Blast Podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Ball